Thanks for listening to the church at Severn Run Messages Podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Severn Run. Uh, so very thankful for Pastor Ron last week um, and thankful for you guys. Prayed for you throughout the week. And I'll touch base on the week a little bit later. Uh, let's open uh, this portion of our worship in a word of prayer, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Father, I pray today that, that there might be movements in our heart. God, some of us think that you are far from us when the reality is you're near. Uh, the, the issue is that our, our faith is small, uh, our walls are high, uh, Lord, our, our hearts too often are too cold. But we're asking that you would move in us, we're giving you permission to speak to us in a supernatural way. God, in a way that is bigger than reason, may you touch our hearts today, and Lord, when we leave, may we leave following the lead of love. Father, thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray, as God's people say, Amen. You know, as, as complicated as life is, um, the Son of God came to show us that, that in the end, love is all there is. In fact, what is outside of love will ultimately simply be hell. So love literally really is all that there is. And in the beginning of his ministry, Jesus said something that was very, very clear and has been clearly ignored by the church for 2,000 years. We hear these words I'm about to speak and, and they go in one ear and out the other typically. They don't stick in our hearts and say, this is the center of my, my living. This is what I'm called to do. This is how God wants to work through me in the world. We hear these words and basically we say things like, oh, that's nice. And because we do not let these words stick in us, the world is unchanged. Jesus meant what he said, and he said what he, he, he meant to change us and the world. And so when you hear these next words of Jesus, understand that this is the command of God for your life. Nothing less. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new command I give you. Now, every Jew hearing these words would have immediately been drawn back into the Old Testament, to the tablets of stone, to the reality of the revelation of God. Here is God revealing His will in a clear and unmistakable way, on the mountain, in the presence of God. The finger of God writes in stone what God wants. Now in the new covenant, it's the voice of God in Jesus giving a new commandment as surely to be obeyed, as powerful, and not this time to be written in stone, but as the Old Testament says, written upon the heart. Love one another. And again, when we hear that, um, we, we typically then to default to our own definitions of what love is. And honestly, we often default to the reality of what it means to be loved or to feel love. What does love feel like? But I'm going to tell you that agape love, the, the love that is spirit-driven from heaven, is so different than the self-centered um, thing that we call love on planet Earth. Our love is all about me. 
In our world, we are truly self-centered in ways that are epic and beyond description. Like the layers of the onion, our self-centeredness goes so deep. And, and it is as though we were all the center of our own drama and everybody else is a bit player in, in our story. But love one another, Jesus says. And then he says something that defines the scope of his love. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, at this point in the story, the disciples had been drawn to Jesus. They were, um, you know, absolutely enthralled by him. They, they looked upon Jesus with awe and wonder. But at this point in the journey, they didn't know the full sense of his love. They hadn't lived the whole story. But Jesus knew the cross clearly in his mind. He knew every step of, um, you know, down the Via Dolorosa. He knew every uh, mark and landing of the, the lash of the whip. He knew uh, every, um, you know, every pound of the hammer driving the nails through his hands and feet. As I have loved you. Without self-interest. Without self-serving. Setting aside my own needs completely and for the love of God loving you. This is how I have loved you. And then Jesus says, there's revelation to this kind of love. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We hear these verses, but again, we are not gripped by the supernatural power and the command of God in them. This is something Jesus commanded us to do. This is not optional. This is not for you to, something to aspire to. This has got to be a living reality in your life. And love ought to be the defining characteristics of our lives together. But for 2,000 years, the church has missed this. For 2,000 years, the church has divided and argued. For 2,000 years, the church has been racist and legalistic. For 2,000 years, the church has been a community of pretend. It's been a community of role-playing. It's been a community of, of self-serving so that the, 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 you know, the whole thing becomes not the the kingdom of God come to earth. It becomes religion in which people find power structures and, and decide who's in and who's out. And, and again, we learn these, these roles that aren't real and we fake it. And the judgment of God will reveal, tested by fire, all, the, all that was fake along the way. Why is it that we fail to be the new community that Jesus died to resurrect? In a broken world with self-centered people, Jesus gave his life to transform our hearts from being self-focused to being, um, you know, driven by his love for other people, that there would be a new community, that we would love one another just as we are, no judgment, that we would love one another and be family, light pigment, dark pigment, who cares pigment, rich, poor, what difference does it make? We are the children of God if we are in Christ. And there ought to be a freedom and an acceptance and a celebration of our lives together as, as family. That is what the, the real church is. But why is it that so often in our world that we find more authentic community in a thousand other places than we find it in church? As church. Why is it that 
that is, as Pastor John and I have talked about, and, I, and this has been, I've heard people say this for, you know, for 40 years, that, that they've found more community in AA and more authenticity than they have in the church because everybody's got to play like they got it together. I don't mean to be offensive, but you ain't got it together. And I'll be transparent, I sure as heck don't got it together. <laughs> you know, no way. Why, why is it that, that you'll hear some men and women talk about their units and they have more acceptance there and more family and brotherhood and sisterhood there than they, they do in the church of the living God? Well, it's because we're not letting Jesus live and not living Jesus. And, and his love isn't alive in us. We are called to be the new community, the kingdom of God come on earth that models and lives the love of God now as we're going to live it then in heaven with that kind of joy, that kind of freedom, that kind of inclusion. There aren't insiders and outsiders. You're in, you're, you're in my circle. You're in each other's circles. We are in Christ. This last week, um, I got to go up to Canada and, um, and be with some world-famous writers in Calabogie, uh, whoever knew there was such a place, and, um, and I got my tail kicked, to say the least. Um, these people were amazing, and, and, um, and it was just an amazing community to be around. Uh, there was Hobo Bill. Hobo Bill lives in a 65 Ford van. Uh, he kind of is on the road. And, uh, and he's just a part of this community, and wherever they go, he goes. And during the winter, he lives in Dallas, the guy who organized this, he lives in his backyard in a 65 van through Canadian winters. There's Weirdo Jeff. And Weirdo Jeff, uh, I never did find out how he got his, um, his name. Um, seemed pretty normal to me. Well, everybody's normal till you get to know him. Um, but Weirdo Jeff was his own kind of a, of a person, and, 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 and there was just this whole community of people that just hung around each other. And, and four or five guys who just volunteered their whole summer just to, to be there and hang around and to help people like me just, just you know, learn. Um, they were family. Broken family and certainly Christless. In, but they were family. They had experienced community. Why, I wondered, had they experienced more community there than in the church of the living God? The scripture is really, really clear. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all ministries, minist, uh, mysteries, and have all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but if I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and then on top of that surrender my bodies to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. A new command I give you. Love one another. As passionately as infinitely, as deeply, as joyfully, as purposefully, as, as, as awesomely as I have loved you, so you must live the adventure of loving one another. No insiders, no outsiders. No better thans and less thans. No unimportant people, 
Because you see, the blood of Jesus fell pretty evenly to the ground beneath him. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is supernatural. This is not in us. This is in Christ. And, and the only way this happens is when Christ is in us. And then there's a revelation about this. When we start to live this kind of love, people notice that we're not living for ourselves. We're not, we're not out to, to build up ourselves and it's not about our ego. It's not about being noticed. We don't need other people to puff us up. We know who we are and we're content to, to serve from the sidelines. Or maybe we're in the center of it all, but we're, we're serving without our name in lights. And there's a revelation to that, a divine revelation. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Because I want to share with you this morning that we can't love well without letting ourselves be well loved. If you try to love well, but inside of you there is never this kind of breaking point and it's not a final point but it's kind of like the breaking of the dam where where you begin to let the love of God trickle and then flood in and and it becomes real and ongoing if if your whole life you're trying to do the right thing you're trying to be moral you're trying to love but you've never truly let yourself be loved by Jesus and accepted by Jesus and forgiven by Jesus, then you're going to find it impossible to love well. And you'll try and you'll try and you'll try, but in the end, all you're going to do is be exhausted. Because we have to let ourselves be well loved. Now, I, I just want to ask you, have you ever done that? When we, when we use language like letting Jesus in, we're, it's so often just so shallow and religious and surface, it, it goes so much eternally deeper than that. Have you, ever really, have you ever really let Jesus in? Has the love of God ever so stirred your heart that you, that you are born again to awe and wonder in life in a way that changes everything? Have you been had your imagination captured by, by the reality of, of a love that is infinite in, in every direction, infinite in the past, infinite in the future, infinite up, infinite down? Have you ever just, just surrendered to the awe and the wonder that, that Father is good and that you are loved and that God's got this thing called life? Because when that happens, you're changed. And you don't need to be the center of everything and you don't need for other people to praise you and recognize you and you don't, you don't live in your marriage all worried about your needs being met and you this and you that. You, you just kind of disappear to the background and, and more and more and more it's just Jesus emerging in you and no matter how hard this little adventure is called life, it's a joy. Because Christ is alive in you. We can't love well without letting ourselves be well loved. I, I love animals. Um, cats. No, I love animals. 
Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just made enemies. No, I lo- animals are amazing. They reveal the creativity of God. They reveal the, the art of God and the imagination of God. And, uh, but I never thought I'd have a little hedgehog, which I don't. My daughter does, but I have a groundhog. <laughs> this is Percy. Percy's brain has got to be about the same size as Percy's little eye. So I'm, I'm thinking of P. There's nothing on the internet that tells you how much a hedgehog brain weighs. It's pretty small. Um, her uh, little Percy got sick the other day and and um, and had an eye infection, and so so we take it to the vet and and now we have eye drops and we have antibiotics that we have to to get into Percy's little mouth, tiny little mouth, and one thing about hedgehogs if you haven't noticed is they're prickly, and when they're threatened they just <coughs> they roll up into this little prickly ball that's really fun to try to poke. And so, so there I am looking at Percy, and I'm, I'm trying to, to just will Percy to know, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to bless you. I, I want you to know <laughs> that I, I have your good at heart and, and that this has to happen for you to be okay. And, and he's just looking up at me like, what are you doing? Why am I on my back? His legs are just splayed up. Like, splash, why are you dropping stuff in my eyes? Splash, stop it! And then this little plastic, you know, syringe, I'm, I'm doing like this, and then covering the little hedgehog's face with antibiotics, which really I don't think does any good. Reloading and trying to find it, you know. Guys, we can't love well without letting ourselves be well loved. Imagine the transformation if in that moment you're the Percy. And all the trouble in your life is... is the being upside down on your back and somebody dropping stuff in your eyes and sticking something in your mouth. What if? What if the way to let ourselves be well loved was simply to accept that the Father is loving us well right now, whether we understand it or not? I'm just telling you, there is in that surrender a transformation of peace and faith and and, and, and it's supernatural to simply reinterpret all of life. You see, there's no way Percy could understand what we're trying to do for him. There's no way. And in my life, there's no way I could understand what God was trying to do for me. I couldn't understand how God was trying to love me in an alcoholic family. I... I can't wrap my head around, um, you know, things like miscarriages and, 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 and the death of people I love. I can't, I can't understand any of those things. But when I accept that even in this, Father is loving me well right now, there's a peace <laughs> and there's a joy And there's a God confidence that begins to rise that changes all of life. God is good. He can be no other. There is no darkness in Him. We certainly can cause ourselves lots of problems by our own sin and stupidity. I'm not, but I'm I'm simply saying in what God is trying to do in your life that does not feel like love. Love is still alive at work healing 
bringing you home. And some of you here have concluded you're not lovable, that God does not love you because you're on your back, your little spines are out, bad things are happening, you know, you're in pain, and the truth is, no, 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 no. Father is loving you well right now. And the move that you need to make is instead of resenting the heart in your life, instead of resenting God or concluding that either God is not good or you're not good enough, you simply trust that the Father's loving me well right now. In Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is telling the Jesus story and he's re he was rewarded with stones and is being stoned by all the people around. There was not a fear and a panic in his life, but there was a joy as the rocks are hitting his head as, as he is literally being knocked to the ground. He kneels to the ground and he, and he looks and says, I see the kingdom of God. I, I see Jesus at the right hand. And, and, and what he had done was accept that even as the rocks fly, my God is loving me well right now. You have never been loved more. You will never be loved less. You and I can live resenting God for the things we don't understand or we can surrender to the joy of being well loved and accept that right now, right now, God is loving us well. And even in something like God calling the Kennedys to, to uh, back towards home and, and all the other change that just happens in life, you don't have to understand. You just need to surrender to trust and believe, Father, I know you're loving me well. And the biblical word for that is faith. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.